everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Today we're going to talk about drones. Drones seem to be everywhere. You know, a lot of people use them recreationally, and it's making a bunch of people nervous. Others use them for aggression and on the battlefields, and drones are sort of controversial in that realm. They also help us as we fight against the bad guys. I'd never really come in contact with drones until several weeks ago. I was filming a reality fishing show, which will premiere on Destination America this October. I'm not the star of the show. I am, though, one of the characters. And while I was filming this on the water, I heard this sound that, that kind of sounded like a bunch of bees. And I looked to my left, and sure enough, the camera boat had launched a drone. The drone was behind me while I fished, on top of me, it seemed, above me, in front of me, taking still shots and also video. So while I was fishing and filming and having everything recorded, I thought to myself, this would be a pretty cool series. Drones. Because drones, you know, we either love them or loathe them. Drones are everywhere. And they kind of bring up kind of a voyeuristic type vibe. They kind of bring up Big Brother is watching. They kind of bring up all sorts of privacy issues. And then immediately I thought about God because God is everywhere. It seems as though a drone can be everywhere when you're, when you're involved in filming, but in reality drones can't, yet our great God can God is above us, he's behind us, he's beyond us. He is our all everywhere God. The Bible calls God omnipresent. Omnipresent, that means there is nowhere where he is not. Drones though seem to be omnipresent. They're not really omnipresent. That's really a term of exaggeration. Drones though, are everywhere and they make a lot of us feel uncomfortable. And I think if the truth were known, many of us feel uncomfortable even thinking about, even contemplating a God who is omnipresent. What do I mean when I say omnipresent? Omni means all, present refers to location. God is different, God is unique because he's everywhere. Pantheism says that the creation and the divinity are pretty much one. Pantheism says that God is in the flowers. He's in the mountains. He's in the ocean. Pantheists and a lot of Eastern religions are pantheistic in nature. Pantheists do not believe in a personal God. They think God is just a part of everything. And it sounds really sexy and really cool because we can control God that way and we can get in touch with the universe. 
However, pantheism really breaks down. I think it's man's response to a personal God, God getting up in our grill, up in our face. Then you've got deism. Deism is popular. Deism basically says that God got the blue planet spinning and, and got the planet on its axis and then bolted. And, and deism is, is like God just set everything in motion and left. Deism does not believe in a personal God. Whereas biblical Christianity comes along and, and the Bible says from cover to cover that we serve an all everywhere up in our face there's no way you can hide or shake and bake him God. We serve a God who is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He knows everything and can do everything. Again, that brings about a little bit of discomfort because God is an eyewitness to everything we've ever done. For example, the environment of a fish is water. God is the environment of creation. God is everywhere. There is nowhere that he is not. I could take some air right here and this air would have the components of air everywhere. I could grab, if I could, God and the components of God, the element of God would be everywhere. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Some of you here, I know, in a crowd this size are seeking. You're investigating Christianity. You're not a believer. You've got some serious questions, serious doubts. Maybe someone coaxed you into coming today. Maybe someone manipulated you into showing up today. Maybe you thought, man, that's a cool drone. I want to see what drones is all about. If you're seeking, welcome to this place because you need to know who it is you're seeking. You need to know who it is you're chasing after. You need to know that God is omnipresent. So your homework is, is simply this. I'm gonna challenge you to make every session. This series is only three weeks, and what I'm talking about today is one of the most difficult doctrines in all of scripture to understand the omnipresence of God. Why? Because I can easily illustrate that God is all-powerful. I can easily illustrate that God is all-knowing, but when it comes to God being everywhere, we have nothing to compare that with. It's difficult. Yet God is mysterious. Every box I've tried to put him in, he gets out of. But from Genesis to Revelation throughout the Bible, the Bible says categorically, unequivocally, God is omnipresent. Others of you here are, are, are running from God. You're like, man, I, I'm very uncomfortable here, especially realizing that there is a detective aspect of the omnipresence of God. And, and, and I, know, I know God's watching me. I know God sees what I did last night, last week, back in high school. I know what God uh, is thinking, you know, when he saw what I said to my spouse or or my kids or whatever. And, and a lot of us here have rebelled. We've, we've turned our backs from God. We're like, I don't have anything to do with religion. I had a bad experience in church or, or, or whatever it is. You need to understand 
the God you're running from. You need to understand the, the one that you're, that you're bolting away from. I've discovered something in my own life. When I run away from God, I run right into him. There is not a past pattern that you can run. There is not a head fake that you can do. There is not an island or a mountaintop far enough away to keep you at a distance from God. We do not serve a detached deity. We serve an all everything, all knowing, all powerful, all present God. God is all those things. He's the omni-God because we matter so much to him. It's because of his love. It's because of his compassion. It's because he cares about you and cares about me. Let's face it, we're not perfect. We all have messed up. We all have rebelled, we've all sinned. And God could have said, well, I'm holy, my standards are perfect, you messed up, so I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna take away my presence and I'm gonna be this detached deity. No, 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 no. Our God loves us so much, he did something about that. The core of Christianity is God commissioned Jesus to live this perfect life, to die on the cross for your sins, to rise again, thereby giving us an opportunity to ask him to come into our lives. So, God is equally present, but he's not equally a resident. God is equally present, he's everywhere, but he's not equally resident. And the question is, have you made him a resident in your life? That's why he's right there with you and me. He wants to strengthen us, to encourage us. And also, it's built in accountability, man. God sees everything. He knows my shams and your shams. He knows my cover-ups and your cover-ups. He's still absolutely madly in love with us. He's not mad at us. He's madly in love with us. So I want you to think about that if you're a seeker. I want you to contemplate that if you're in rebellion. I want you to own that if you're a follower of Christ. The, the take home is simply this, because I could, I guess, woo you with all the scriptures and I could dissect the Hebrew and the Greek and we could do that for, wow, about 10 weeks. And that's great to have the head knowledge. My goal for this series is to turn the head knowledge into heart knowledge. It's to answer the so what question. It's to say, okay, Ed, how does this affect my dating relationship? Okay, Ed, how does this affect my friendships? Okay, Ed, the um, my presence of God, how does it affect the way I handle my finances? How does it affect the places I go? How does it affect what I see or what I say each and every day? There's a detective aspect to the omnipresence of God. Drones are everywhere. They can see things we never dreamed possible. And we're gonna go, wow, I kind of feel weird about that. I don't know about the privacy issues. Well, God makes a drone seem like a drone doesn't know a thing. There's no such thing in God's economy as a clandestine meeting. There's no such thing as a closed office door, a closed bedroom door, a closed front door or back door. God sees it all. Yet, 
even though he sees it all and knows it all and can do everything, he's crazy about every single one of us. Now, the classic text that I want to read is in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 139, verses 7 through 12. And let me read it. Here's what David said. Now, 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 David, this is King David. He's testing the waters. He's like going, whoa, I just want to like throw these questions out. Where can I go to get away from your spirit, God? Where can I run from, say you with me, you? I had you repeat you because in the Hebrew, this, this word you is the emphatic. So it's like, where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I run from you? If I go up to the heavens, say it with me, you, say it with me, you are there. If I lie down in the grave, say it with me, you are there. If I rise with the sun in the east and settle in the west beyond the sea, even there, you, that's right, would guide me. With your right hand, there it is again, you would hold me. I could say the darkness will hide me. Let the light around me turn into night. But even the darkness is not dark to you. Even the darkness is dark, dark to, it's not dark to you. That's what I thought you said. The night is as light as the day. Darkness and light are the same too. You got it. Give yourselves a round of applause. Incredible. And Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 24 says, and this is God speaking about himself. I fill all of heaven and earth, says the Lord. So we serve not a little itty bitty God, not a medium sized God, but a giant God, a transcendent God, an imminent God. And I don't understand, nor does anyone here, how big God is. All I know is God is the environment for the universe. And that is a big God. Here's what's so unique about God. Maybe I'm in Miami and I need God. I'm going through a through a difficult time. Well, God's not gonna say, sorry, Ed, I'm in Macedonia. I'm really tied up in Macedonia. I've got meetings after meetings after meetings in Macedonia. I can't talk to you now. I can't rescue you now. I can't strengthen you now in Miami. God's not that way. So when we say God is here, because sometimes we say, oh, man, God is here. God is here, God is here. I can say that, you can say that wherever we are, God is here. Say it with me. God is here. We serve an awesome God. Well, let's talk about some implications of the online presence of God. I've told you a little bit about it. I've defined it. How can this affect where I live? How can this affect where I'm going? How does this affect as we start school in several weeks? How does this affect you and your job? You as a single parent, you going through a difficult time with your, with your children, or whatever. First of all, the omnipresence of God ushers in some serious conviction. It does. There was a guy in the Bible named Moses. Moses was God's man. He's the one that took the Israelites and led them out of Egyptian slavery. Well, one day Moses, because Moses was an Israelite and through a miraculous turn of events, he was adopted into Egyptian royalty. He was groomed to be the next leader of Egypt. He walked outside, he saw his people being taken advantage of, and here's what Moses did. Exodus chapter two, verse 12. You can follow along with view a verse. Moses went outside, and the Bible says, looking this way 
and that way, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian. And then he hit him in the sand. Now, you know my man Mo. You know Moses knew intellectually about the omnipresence of God. I mean, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a patriarch, a spiritual stud. He knew in his mind about the omnipresence of God. However, sin has the ability, doesn't it, in your life and mine, to warp our thinking. He forgot about it. He, he jumped over it. He looked one way, then the other way, and then he acted. How many times have we all done that? Many of us who are followers of Christ, who intellectually, oh yeah, I believe, man, I believe in the omni-God. I believe in the omnipresence of God, but we look this way, we look that way, and then boom, it happens. There's a conviction aspect to the omnipresence of God. And it's not all negative. It's built in accountability. We have to realize though, God is watching like no drone or no person or, or, or nothing we can ever even think about. When EJ, our 22 year old was two years old, we used to play hide and seek. And you've probably done this with your kids before parents. EJ would hide standing as big as Dallas right in the middle of our den, covering his eyes. And then I would act like I couldn't see him. Where's EJ? Where is EJ? Oh, there he is. Wow. He thought if he covered his eyes that I couldn't see him. You see, he thought just because he couldn't see his father that I couldn't see him. And how often are we the same? I can't see God. I can't see him. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll take the bull by the horns. I'll live life my own way. Yet we're as big as Dallas in front of God. Just because we're like, I can't see God. We think God can't see you. And God can't see me. Jonah, God says, hey, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And I'm going to do something ridiculous in your life. You're gonna talk to the Ninevites and they are gonna repent. Hundreds of thousands of them. Jonah, he was like, no, 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 I don't like those Ninevites. I just don't dig them. And I don't want them. I don't want them to turn to you, God. So we went the opposite direction. Jonah knew in his mind, intellectually, about the online presence of God. He tried to escape God. The Bible says he found a ship going the opposite direction away from where God wanted him to go. There will always be a ship sailing in the opposite direction of where God wants you to go. Every single time. Yet the online presence of God says, well, God's everywhere. He wants to take us by the hand. He wants to give us strength for us to go and move the right way. Yet Jonah, in his, in his sin nature, because he was warped, because he looked this way and that way and saw no one, he said, you know what, I'm going to Spain because that's where the boat was going. And here's what he discovered. When you run away from God, you run right into him. And some of us here are running from God. You can't dodge God. 
Again, I'll say there's not a past pattern that you can follow. There's not a head fake that you can do. There's not a mountain. There's not an island far enough for any of us to get away from God. The Bible calls God our pursuing lover. Well, I just don't feel like my prayers are getting above the ceiling. They don't have to. God's right beside you. He's around you. He's behind you. He's above you. He knows where you're gonna be. He knows where you was. He knows everything. God is everywhere. He's anywhere. He's over there. Our omnipresent God. So this, this conviction thing is a good thing because it brings us to a point of surrender. So it's my prayer that many who have been seeking for a while would surrender and simply you would take Christ's hand, his nail-pierced hand, and once he takes your hand, he never lets go. He's right beside you. He's not housed in a building. He's not in some geographical location. He doesn't wear the red, white, and blue. God is omnipresent and he's waiting for you. So conviction happens, also comfort happens. Comfort, have you thought about that? Comfort, comfort. One of the reasons we have the omnipresence of God is because of comfort. We all go through tough times. We all go through death. I checked the stats again right before I walked out. One out of one die. 100% of the people die. You're gonna die, I'm gonna die. Let's just say it after I say one, two, three, I'm gonna die. One, two, three, I'm gonna die. Let me say it again, one, two, three, I'm gonna die. But we live like we're not gonna die. We don't like to talk about death. Last night I went to a wedding and there was a party after the wedding. I didn't do it, but you know, I was talking to some people I didn't know and I, I thought about just saying, hey, I wanna talk to you guys about death. <laughs> you wanna hear a conversation killer? Hey, let's talk about dying. Let's talk about one out of one pass away. Here is one of the amazing benefits of the omnipresence of God. We don't face death alone. Let me say it again. We don't face death alone. We don't face death alone. We have God with us. God is holding our hand. The psalmist said, Psalm 23, yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. God comforts those and he carries those of us from this life to the next. How about when your life is all screwed up? How about when you're facing a tragedy? Because bad things happen to good people. There's gonna be suffering in the world. There's gonna be trials, there's gonna be tribulations, there's gonna be temptations. How about that? How about that? God wants to comfort you and me. And he's made it so obvious because he's everywhere. He's closer than, than, than anyone can be to you. That'd be like me going, okay, um, I have a friend, he's my best friend. And like, you know, we hang out and you know, we have common interests, you know, I love to fish and stuff like that. So that's what we do and we talk and whatever. You go, well, man, where does your friend live? And what if I said, I have no idea. You'd be like some friend. Wait a minute, you're telling me this guy's your best friend. You go fishing and stuff, you hang out. 
but you have no idea where he lives? No, man. I've never been over to his house. I have no idea where he lives. So many people go, yeah, um, God, yeah, we're tight. Jesus, remember those t-shirts back in the day? He's my homeboy. Where does he live? I don't know. I think he lives in church. I think he lives in Dallas-Fort Worth. That's the belt buckle of the Bible belt. No, wrong, wrong. No, Jesus is everywhere. That's why it's so paramount that we understand and know about his location. Again, you can say God is in the house. God is here, no matter if you're here or somewhere in outer space. Here's though the deal. Have you invited him into your space, into your life? The scriptures say our bodies are a temple, a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit of God. The moment I receive Christ into my life, that means not only is Jesus everywhere, not only is the Holy Spirit everywhere, not only is God the Father everywhere, they're resident in my life. So whatever I do, I'm taking Jesus with me. Oh, it got quiet. It gets quiet in my own life. Whatever things I look at online, Jesus is right there. Whatever I do on that date, Jesus is right there. Wherever I go, whatever I put in my body, Jesus is right there. That's a detective aspect of the omnipresence of God. But also there is a protective aspect to it as well. He's there to encourage us, to comfort us. This past, well, really this past winter, my mother was in ICU for months and months and she came close to dying several times. And I was there with the family and we were planning the whole situation, the whole scenario. People were praying. People next to her and the ICU units were, were, were dying regularly. She was hanging on by a thread, hanging on by a thread. I felt, our family felt the comfort, the omnipresence of God. And many of you are like, Ed, hey, I've gone through death. I've gone through sickness. I've been in the same situation. That's how much our God loves you and me. And quite frankly, I don't see how someone goes through life without walking with the Lord. Here we talk about Google Maps, you know, Google Earth or whatever, and it shows us you know, where we are and it's cool and all that. One of the things that we can do, friends, is we can practice the presence of God. We talk to God. And the Bible that makes Google Earth or Google Maps look pathetic. God's showing us, okay, you're here, but here's where I want to take you in this relationship. Here's where I want to break you. Here's where I want to mold you and shape you to be the kind of person I want you to be. There's a detective aspect to it. There's a protective aspect to it. There's a reflective aspect to it. There's a conviction aspect to it. There's a comforting aspect to it. And also, there's a confidence aspect to it. I mean, I should have some serious 
spirit-led swagger. I mean, I should, I should walk with a pimp limp in the name of Jesus because of the omnipresence of God. I'm not, I don't mean I should be arrogant, but look who I've got with me. Look who I've got around me. Look who I've got in me. A friend of mine was head of the Houston SWAT team years ago. This guy was an animal, bench press 330, ripped, you know, all that, hand-to-hand combat, had to you know, take people out who were crazy, you know, kill them, et cetera. Well, we became good friends. And one time he goes, Ed, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you come riding with me tonight? Just, just ride with me and we'll serve us some warrants. And that was back before we had to sign all these documents and have teams of lawyers to do all this junk. So I just signed my name and because I was a pastor, I, I, I rode with him through the streets of Houston and we were looking for one guy. His nickname was Rambo. He was like the hitman for this, for this drug dealer in Houston. And this guy was nuts, man. He was all freaked out and all this dope and carried a shot off shotgun. He's killed all these people, whatever. So we were looking, here I am, little white boy, skinny pastor, walking around Houston with the head of the SWAT team trying to find Rambo. And we went to some places and saw some things that I will never forget. I think my mind is still scarred. But through that all, through that experience, I had confidence. Why? Because Jim was, whoo, and is a bad dude. I mean, Rambo, good luck messing around with my friend Jim. This guy would, would hurt you bad. So I felt even though in the midst of kind of some scary situations, I felt pretty confident. And we did, we did like a drug bus, went into all these crazy bars and chased people around. And one time they, 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 they came and they thought Rambo was in this, this is all in one night. They thought he was holed up in this, in this house. And, 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 and Jim said, Ed, do not go with me on this one. You sit here in the car. He said, here's a gun. He said, if someone comes near the car, just shoot him in the head. Are you kidding me? No, they were serious. Uh, that, that's a whole nother story. I, I, that's when I was young. That's, not, that's when my hair turned white, really. But you know what Jim did? Uh, several years after we uh, searched for Rambo, he sent me a picture of Rambo, really of Rambo's body in the morgue, riddled with bullets. So he, the bad guys killed the bad guy, Rambo. Why don't I tell you all that? Because... God is with us. Yeah, Jim is tough. I mean, he's tenacious. He knows how to fight. But God is with us. Maybe you're going through a temptation right now. You're like, I can't deal with it. It's too strong. No, it's not. Our omnipresent God will give us the tenacity to tackle the temptation. He will never, ever, ever put us in a situation that he will not give us the strength and the power to come out of. Maybe you need to be like Joseph. Joseph was tempted by Potiphar. I mean, Potiphar's wife. And he ran. God provided him that opportunity. God is here in giving us confidence to have strength. He's showing us how to walk in his footsteps. So what I'm saying is, We need to thank God for his presence. 
for the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. He's over there. He's equally present. For many of us, he's a resident in our lives. Practice the presence of God. Take that next step to show up and to see who it is you're seeking. And God will do amazing things in your life. Dear Heavenly Father, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, we thank you for another message as we tackle this difficult doctrine. Lord, we have nothing to, to even apply this to because everything we know is finite. You're infinite. And God, I thank you that you're personal and that you're infinite and that you're everywhere. Some here need to turn to you because Father, you're right there. Jesus is right there with his arms outstretched. Just take his hand, just say, Jesus, you know about my shams and cover-ups. Lord, you know what I've been involved in. And Jesus knows it and he loves you and he's waiting for you to take his hand. Won't you grasp his hand? There's blocks of us and we've sort of forgotten about the omnipresence of God. We've looked this way, we've looked that way and, 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 and our, our judgment has been off. It's time for us to have the true photo album of who God is because our spiritual depth is related to how much we understand the nature and the character of God. So during this series, Lord, we look forward to seeing where you're gonna take us. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.